Welcome to the Wealthy Money Property Podcast, your ultimate resource to unlocking your inner property guru and building a property investment portfolio. Now, introducing your host for the show. Hello, property magicians. How are you? Welcome to episode 85. My name is uh, Vanille Makoka. I am your host for the Property Magicians podcast. And I help women of color heal ancestral money trauma so that they can fall in love with their bank accounts, increase income, and live their best lives. Find me on Instagram, LinkedIn, and Twitter under Vangile Makwakwa, and find me on Wealthy Money, on Facebook under Wealthy Money. With me is my incredible co-host, and over to her. Ayayay. Hi, hi, property magicians. So, so excited to be here today. We have got a firebrand of a podcast. Mm-hmm. I am Dr. Miranda, Prop Doc Mom on Facebook. Prop Doc Mom is my page. And I'm Dr. Miranda, Prop Doc Mom on Instagram and Twitter. Please find me there. I'm a property mentor for beginners. I take you from curious and fearful of property investing to a confident uh, beginner property investment. I help people build up their property investment company, introduce you to your network, and get you to deal, analyze your first deal and be able to go ahead and buy your properties as a business, by the way, not collecting just properties. So. I love, love this. Um, Yes. Okay, so today's show is with uh, Vumile, but actually we haven't done this in a while. What are you up to, Mizo, before we (gasps) go in today? This is is an important question, guys. It is um, seeing property investment in motion and in working. We are on a little short left in South Africa when you take a short vacation that doesn't take you more than two hours from home. We say it's a short left. We took a short Mm -hmm. left with my daughter because they are on school vac in a safe place where we can just be in a different bed. But what is incredible, Vangile, is that we are in this apartment that is owned by a black female. Yay! So we found it on booking.com. And yesterday there was no power. Lo and behold, she organized that we moved to an alternative apartment somewhere Mm. else that she owns. And she was like, oh, well, this other one is free and they are just gorgeous. Bachelor pad, yeah, and in a beautiful, beautiful place. Did you know that we have a false beach in in Gauteng, there's a false beach in Pretoria. Until this now, morning, our, our apartment. I didn't know it. <laughs> our apartment is beach facing, my dear, in Pretoria. But I, I really like stories like that. And when she picked up the phone to say, absolutely, I hear you. Okay, we'll make sure there's power tomorrow. And yeah, I'm sure you took your 11-year-old from home so that he can be in that particular place. She had organized it so nicely. That's exactly what you want. And for me, that's what wealth speaks to, right? That is, that's what I want to see. That's why I do this podcast. And you, what are you up to? What are you working on? So, you know, we just finished renovating the one-bedroom apartment uh, in the oh, yes. and now 
it's a two-bedroom apartment. We are looking for tenants. We had like a list of tenants, but now that we want deposit and rent, if things are like looking a little iffy. So we have to wait. It's the beginning of the month. Um, we finished renovations about on the 25th of June. Oh, okay. Five days or so to finalize the tenants, but it's still we're still looking at that. And busy with finalizing a property deal in East London. Hopefully that will be done awesome. soon. Out of town, out of town investing. Awesome. So out of town investing, right? Collaborating yeah. and everything. And then like also looking at another deal here in Gauteng. So um yeah, that's what I'm doing. I mean, I don't get to be home for this long, yeah. right? So yeah. now that I'm here, my focus is on doing everything that needs to be done for property and for the property In investing the portfolio as we move along. So just making sure that things are getting done. That is yeah. the most important thing right now. Yeah, and I'm happy to have you here so I can sort out our business as well. We yeah. we are working on something that we will share in the future, but cooking something, cooking in, something. Yeah, Very excited about what we are cooking. We'll serve the meal. <laughs> Guys, it's so exciting. It. Right now is exciting times. I, I also want us to just acknowledge that it is COVID. We are talking exciting times and all that, but it's also not always exciting times for people right now. And we get it, but we're hoping that whatever we're cooking up, it's not just going to be for us. It's going to be for all of us, all of our listeners, everyone that wants to come on the journey and wants to get into yeah. property investing. So it's going to be fun. Hang in there, guys. But okay. Yeah. But, today's, but today's podcast, guys, my gosh, we We've got a guest, right, and a half for you because this is not just about property investing. Mm -hmm. This is a combination for the money magic students. You can imagine I had a treat and a half. It sounded like I'm having a clone of Vangile in the room. How did you feel, Vangile? <laughs> it felt like I was hearing someone like to It was, guys. It was so yeah. nice. It was so nice. Like I felt. <laughs> So validated by this podcast. <laughs> Obviously, and I, I sometimes like I was thinking about it before we did, before we were doing doing the intro. That you know, sometimes you feel validated because it kind of like validates your thinking. Yeah. But I don't know if it's like completely right. But what I do know, yeah. guys, is landed in my soul and my spirit. This yeah. is an yeah. incredible podcast. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just a snippet, right? Is that this is a podcast. Yes. I don't think we've ever heard this come through in this show before, mm. which is buying no. property cash and really having it being articulated as to why that is a great strategy, especially when yeah. we talk a lot on this podcast about leveraging, getting credit, all that stuff. So this is such a powerful podcast. Yeah, it is. And, and, and just being deliberate about having a job. Mm. Right? Be deliberate about having a job because it can be 
your platform for 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 increasing or for expanding your portfolio mm-hmm. so some kids don't just go to work for a job and keeping a job for 20 years be intentionally deliberate mm-hmm. about as much as you are being you are giving your time and service mm-hmm. be deliberate about what you're taking back and be intentional about it i really like that and that's the work that busi keeps doing and showing up about and i really 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 i think this is just one of those where when you are hating your job right now maybe listen to it carefully and see if you can reorganize around your port- property portfolio maybe it can make you love your job for a little longer true true right i think we are taught like we live in a world right now especially right now where um the job <clears throat> is really it's almost like why would you why get a job why build someone else's yeah. dream etc etc yeah. and what we yeah. learn in this podcast with vumile is that you can have a job that builds your dream allows you to even retire early because you're so strategic about it and i think in this podcast a people that have jobs will learn how to be really appreciative of them and maybe start thinking very strategically about how you maneuver the employment space so that you can build your property portfolio so this is an exciting podcast guys welcome to the show vumile we are so happy to have you thank you so much for having me vangile good morning good morning hello everybody <laughs> hello tell us about yourself so i'm vumile msweli i am a career coach and basically my job is to help connect people with where they are to where it is that they're wanting uh, to be in their career yeah 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 okay awesome and is that all you do vumile how do you end up on our property podcast <laughs> okay so um no that's not all i do i'm a businesswoman so i've got i'm an entrepreneur so i suppose with my own business you know we've got footprints in south africa rwanda botswana nigeria united states of america and of course one of my pet passions is property it was actually the very first okay. business i went into and i think it might be really? Yeah, I might be a little bit genetic because I, I every single one of my family members is into property. What? Mm-hmm. What? Awesome. Everyone over 18. Yeah. Oh, oh, everyone oh. over eight. Well, we should get the other ones, the younger ones to get in. So yeah. t- tell us a little about that. About that. When and why did you buy your first property? Were you buying a roof over your head? Did you know you are a property investing or how how did it even come about and how so old were you was very very intentional so what i did is okay. i actually so when i started working when everyone else was purchasing cars i decided not to so i come mm-hmm. from a family where my grandfather and my grandmother have always been in property so growing up you know even with township rooms people coming to pay rent every single month mm-hmm. and okay. the concept of me having to pay rent was so foreign to me and the whole time my grandpa was like also wait flash you going to be a tenant it was it was heard <laughs> out to him and i just think what was it different so what i did is i decided to live in a back room 
And my very first property was actually an investment property. So mm -hmm. I would use the rental income to, in essence, pay my rent and get a little bit more extra. Uh, I downsized my own life to get into property. And it's one of the reasons I even chose my profession. So I chose to get into banking because, one, I knew it would give me exposure to various clients and it would help me in my entrepreneurship journey long term. But also, mm -hmm. I knew that when you worked at the bank, you get preferential, preferential rates when it comes to property. So I bank hop a little bit was as I was acquiring different properties. Mm. Wow. So I'm interested. Like you rush through the back room. Like Sorry. It. You have to, yay, Vumile. You, <laughs> you are talking like you're talking and like tell us about the back room. Was it Elokshimi? Where was the first property? How did that feel like your peers are out here getting their own apartments? living it up, use and BMWs. Walk us through, because it's such an emotional thing to do this. <laughs> I'm one of those people who believes in delayed gratification, okay? Mm -hmm. But for me, I really do believe that what I'd rather do is enjoy, enjoy the fruits of my labor a little bit later. And mm -hmm. I knew, I knew that I, in essence, needed to, to grow my property portfolio because I've got a very clear strategy for my life for wealth mm. creation. And property mm. falls under net asset value. Yeah, and I know we'll talk about strategy mm. later, what you do, but that has always yeah. been my that's how I was raised. We don't sell property, okay. we hold on to it. And for okay. me, I knew that I would rather be in a back room, which wasn't a Lokshini. I was working in Santon and I don't know I'm a Lukisha Segodi, like I'm from KZN. So okay. I, I get moving, <laughs> let me uh, you know and I had a traumatic experience in Pretoria already not being able to speak Sitswana so I go to Blegahari they have granny cottages and my granny okay. was one room with a side with a shower so even mm -hmm. when I had to do my washing I had to put it in a in a round bucket and hand wash because there was no space ah. for the um, I had a two plate stove and that yeah, was something yeah. in India <laughs> yeah so that was something I committed to for, for you know, for a two-year period whilst mm -hmm. I was gathering enough capital to buy my own property. And the next property I moved on to was in the property I was going to reside in. Mm -hmm. okay. okay. That is so your first property was where? That so you bought your first property. And how was it that your first property was able to pay your rent, the rent of the back room? So... Um, I was very, very fortunate in that at the time it was great. Like the rental income was so much higher than how much I was paying. Remember I was getting a funding from the bank. So, and I was getting staff rates. So my rental was a lot, uh, a lot cheaper. Okay. Okay. So you got the first property. What was your requirement with your first property? Why did you buy in Joburg? Did you buy in Durban? Oh, I yeah. bought in Johannesburg. So I bought in Johannesburg and I bought in um I bought in Germiston. And that's because at the time that's where my life in essence was going to be. Okay. So it was a bit of a practical move. And then I knew in about a year's time I'm going to have to move there. So the rental, the rental income was sitting at about five thousand five hundred. My my um my rent that I was paying was sitting at about one thousand five hundred. So it was fantastic money that I then took. I believe. I know. I've you never heard of such a lot of us. 
the biggest mistake a lot of us no, make is property. We worry about, oh, would I live there? Is it convenient for me? And that's not your approach when you look at investment. I'm an, I'm an accountant by trade. So I look at numbers. Yeah. The numbers don't lie for me. Yeah. I look at what people were selling for, what the rental income was for, what were the developments that were going to be happening around that area. I knew that a lot of the doctors who were working in Gatle Hong at the hospital were living close to that area. Mm-hmm. I, it was close to Alberton Mall. So yeah. those were all the factors I took in. And I knew that at the time when my life was going, I was going to need to move into that part of the world within a one-year, two-year period. So that's what I did. Okay. And then I saved the rest for my next property post that. Mm. Okay. No, yours was intentional. My goodness. Yours was intentional. So, so, so does it mean that even buying that property was not uh, totally emotional in, 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 in that sense? You had the financial sense for it. You had no doubt, no fears about buying. None of that. I, I'll be honest with you, Miranda. I've never bought a property from an emotional perspective. It's mm-hmm. just, I've just never done that. Um, yeah. You know, I mentioned I'm an accountant by trade. And yeah. I, I come from the banking sector. Um, yeah. Money is not an emotional thing for me. Money is energy mm-hmm. that I expend to get mm-hmm. myself options. And because yeah. my strategy is long-term, I was mm-hmm. having this discussion with my partner um, where he was like, you know, with all the properties you have, you could have, you could just have a match, like just why not get a mansion in Santon? Like that makes no financial sense at all. For me, <laughs> I'd rather buy smaller properties and I've always believed in getting bachelor flat, flats because the rental income works better for me. Mm-hmm. And um, okay. that's, that's been my strategy. Um, I predominantly have a bachelor flats. And even like when I remember when I first bought in Maboning, everyone was like, are you crazy? It's in downtown Joburg. Yeah. But I already, I'd already seen some of the laws coming through in the banking sector about the urbanization. So I was like, there's something going on here. Yeah. Let, me, let me get it now. And it was probably the best right. buy the property for about was 280,000 is probably worth about six never wow yeah. but this was like 10 11 years ago mm-hmm. so i was 22 yeah. when i bought my first property and mm-hmm. my plan has always been okay we need to buy there okay you work in an institution that says to you, you can have a holiday home and a residential home then buy let's buy a flat in downtown um, durban where you know it's close to the ocean and we, we can we can rent that out and now it's useful because I now use it as my um, as my second apartment when I when I need to get away from being at my grandmother's house or my mother's house. I can just go to yeah. my apartment there. Yeah. Well, yeah. And there was there was no Airbnb. I know we were talking about Airbnb earlier, but even yeah. everything I talked about has been very very intentional and strategic. I bought in Pretoria. Yeah. I studied in Pretoria. I knew I knew Arcadia. I knew the area. I knew the kind of people yeah. I would be. Yeah. I would be renting to. Yes, I knew and I'd gone there and I'd had the discussion. The property I reside in now is a, is, a, is a form of function for me. I'm in Ferndale. I'm just behind Bryanston. I'm 15 minutes away from most yeah. of my clients in Clinton. Um, I like places personally that have, um, that have a sense of community. I live alone. I initially built yeah. a house in thinking this is going to be great. I'm going to use it as my office space. Um, so even then it was emotional. 
It was okay. It's Blue Hills, um, close to Blue Valley Estate. It's gonna it's gonna increase in value. It's a four bedroom home. I live alone, which means the bottom of the house I can in essence use as an office space. So um, I can also get tax deductions for that. So all of this for me is very very practical. And mm. the moment things changed, and I realized I recently sold that house because because I'm not gonna live there anymore. I work from home. Clients don't come to me. Yes. And the majority of my clientele isn't even always in the country. The majority are in West, West, West and East Africa. So, so yeah. it's a financial sense to be paying a bond of 16,000, 17,000 rand only for, only for you to realize that, oh, actually, I don't need this. It's not making me the kind of revenue. I don't personally, this is my personal philosophy, and I know people can disagree with me. I don't like paying a mm-hmm. bond where I'm not getting money. I'm losing money. <laughs> yes, we know that the long term it doesn't but it upsets me. I don't like to lose money. It upsets like you. Money. It really upsets me. Absolutely. <laughs> I feel like I'm preaching. My, 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 <laughs> my, house, my house is going on sale for exactly that reason, whether for me, it is like, uh, hey guys, this house is costing me more than I should be. Uh, like, why are we having this house? It is, but it's a late, I'm a late comer to that strategy. So I really like what you're saying now. <laughs> I look at other houses and I love, you must know, I do love homes. I, yeah. One of my secret passions mm. is I love going to other people's homes, even when I know I'm not necessarily going to buy. I use yeah. um, luxurious purchases like a beautiful home, a beautiful car as a reward system. I yeah. didn't yeah. I didn't get a German car so I own five properties. Yes. I had no business driving a Mercedes without owning five properties. Mm, and now yeah. my strategy has shifted. The last three homes I've purchased have been cash. Mm. I saved up and I purchased. And I think that's also that West African influence coming through. Because in Nigeria, for my apartment, I have to pay my rent one year in advance. Yes. So I quickly learned yeah. if I could save rent for one year in advance, I can buy a house cash. It just means I need yeah. to deliver gratification. It means, you know, when I'm traveling to Brazil, I'm not going to stay at a five-star hotel. I'll do Airbnb. And the difference I'm now putting away into my kitty. It means I'm not going to withdraw from my, uh, from my businesses. I'm going to rather keep it in there so I've accumulated enough capital that I can then pay cash. If, if the first one is the most difficult, after that it gets easier and easier. And easier. Okay. Go, We're gonna talk about that. Yes, mm. I wanna backtrack to that because <laughs> Misa knows I have like this thing right. about debt and cash. So <laughs> like I'm always like eh, debt, no, shoot me. <laughs> like if I can do everything cash, let me just do it cash. Uh but um I wanted us to backtrack all the way, unfortunately, Vumile. Take us through to the second property. So now you've got the first property. How do you get the second property and where do you decide to buy and why? So I decided to um, buy in Maboneng. Okay. Oh, that's what's uh, the Maboneng. Okay. Yeah. So my, my PA at the time was, um, always, was living downtown. I decided to drop her off. And I spent, I, it was a must have been about three o'clock in the afternoon and only, only came home at eight. It, wow. reminded me, um, it reminded me a lot of Soho in um, New York. New York, yeah. University days. I felt like I was back at NYU. So I was like, mm, this is an interesting vibe, and I didn't expect this um, in the country. Yeah. 
So what I then decided to do is like, okay, let me invest. And then I did a bit, oh, this, they're actually doing urban rezoning. This, okay, something's going to be happening here. Yeah. That was the first indicator for me. So, so I, I bought that on impulse. I'm also very, and I'm an instinctual person. I analyzed mm-hmm. very quickly. I basically, within the space of a week, had made an offer to purchase. Okay. So I'm a big believer in believing in your own gut. So mm. that's how that property um, came, came to be. Okay. Wow. That, that is very important because what you are saying is when we buy properties, can we look around a little bit? And can we believe the things that are happening when, 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 when they are happening? Two years ago, when this podcast was starting, um, then and I looked in Maboning actually, and those apartments you're talking about, they are not six hundred thousand; they are eight. They were eight hundred thousand at the time, just yeah. before, just before the the big um, management uh, property company uh, collapsed. They were selling them for eight seventy and seven hundred and ninety thousand. Right. At that yeah, time, so we were like, no. <laughs> good, but now we were late. late. I, got in, I got in when they were around the 300k mark. I, I see that. We were Actually, late. Actually, when you got in, the 300k mark is when my sister wanted us to get into Maboneng. And you argued. Not, I, I was obsessed with my property in Cape Town, which is fine. I got it. And it's now like, um, I bought it like, for five hundred thousand, and it's now at like one point one million or something like that. Yeah. So that was five years ago. So I had that instinct for that you know, we were speaking earlier about, you know, being in the rest of the continent. Mm-hmm. I just knew I had to pack my bags and move to Nigeria. Wow. I just knew. So I did. And I think if I had, at the time, you know, chosen a property that was a mansion that was difficult to rent out, I'd be in trouble. But because yeah. I chose a, a small two-bedroom apartment that worked for me, I could just pack up and go. And be like, okay, hand the key, throw the keys to a friend and be like, try rent it, I'm out. Um, so it makes my life so I think you constantly have to touch base with what one obviously have that strategy um, mm-hmm. um, you know do the research but then also leave some leave some space for that magic for that instinct for yeah. the unplanned because those are usually the ones that give you the biggest surprise of course like oh my gosh you're talking my language <laughs> I know crazy crazy language we call it when we don't understand uh, magic we call it crazy whatever we need it because yeah mm-hmm. vanilla will just pick up right now and and leave and then all of you are left like huh I, are you coming back she says i don't know actually but i'm the kind of girl i'm the same back in april everyone was like but you promised never to do winter i'm like no something told me i should come back now in yeah. April, and I'm going to be here until November, and then I'm just going to pack and leave after that. Like, people are like, how yeah. do you know you're going to leave in November? I, I just feel it. I'm like, whatever yeah. I need to do here, that you needs to be exactly what I did. November. Yeah. <laughs> exactly what I did. I was supposed to be in Brazil in May last year. Yeah. Mom, something woke me up in the middle of the night says, go to Brazil on Tuesday. Please mm. note. Hi, Bo. Mm. I was like, I can't. I've, 
I'm going to, for my birthday. Like, what's the point? I'm like, I literally, I listened to that instinct. I packed my ticket, packed my bags, bought my ticket, went to Brazil. But two weeks came back as they were like, there is coronavirus. I was like, what? <laughs> so imagine I wouldn't have had my annual holiday. When I was packing, Misa was with me. Like, I'm in Thailand and I'm deciding... I keep saying to her that she arrives in the evening with another friend of ours, Tehofata, and I'm like, I think I'm going to Bali. So they're sitting in my apartment in Chiang Mai. I'm like, they're like, what are you going to do with this apartment? I'm like, someone will come through. Something's got to happen. I need to go to Bali. The next morning, I go down to give the guy, like I start packing my life as if I'm going to Bali. I met tenants on my way down to return the scooter. And like within 24 hours, I was packing up my life. I was like, okay, guys, I'm heading to Bali. Let's finish this retreat. Let's go. They were like, what? I was packing up my apartment in 24 hours. You know, I actually did it in like three, four hours because Misa then went to go get massages. And I was like, by the time you guys come back, this apartment will be ready to rent. The tenants were moving in by that evening as we were going to another venue in Chiang Mai. I love that. I love that. So I understand this so very well. Okay, so you oh, make totally. instinct to go with Maboning. Mm-hmm. And then how do you get to the next property, to the third property? So I then uh, transferred. So I was working at one bank and then moved to another bank. Uh, oh, this okay. bank allowed me to purchase two properties with staff rates. So I then purchased the property in Durban and I purchased a property in Pretoria. Um, in Arcadia because I I went to I went I did my undergrad in Pretoria I knew there'll always be students Um, it's Arcadia is great because it's so close to Hatfield it's cheaper it's also close to uh, Sunnyside so the the amount of that area works quite well it's one of the properties that I've never had vacant so that so that then purchased puts me up to property three and four so that's how I go about I know um, getting into into those properties so i i always made my decision of which bank or financial institution i'd work for depending on how many properties at times they would allow me to purchase <laughs> a lot of us a lot of us go Same. into um, our work thinking oh my goodness they pay me for these resources for my resources which is my intellectual property you know my experience very mm-hmm. few of us go into our careers with strategy so for me, it was how can this help my portfolio lifestyle, which my property is one of the things, you know, um, I'm a bit, you know, I think one of my mentors once said to me, the average multimillionaire has seven revenue streams. And at yeah. that stage, I wrote down all the various revenue streams I would use to become a multimillionaire. To be, yeah. And property has always been one that underpins that. And for me, I always thought property is something that you, you know, because of my family, you buy to keep. But when I have children one day and I have to pay Hilton school fees and it's 300000 to get started, I can just sell an apartment. Yeah. You know? So it's That's always true. also been a legacy true. building exercise. Yeah. So, so when I go into corporate, I would ask myself that. I'd be like, okay, what access are you giving, are you going to give me to, to funding that I can use? weight so i'm still making profitability that's why it was so difficult for me to leave banking and i only left okay. banking in the last two years of my career okay i'm so fascinated so you're talking to someone who's never had a career like i've always yeah. just so i'm gonna ask sorry to ask really dull questions and i always no, say no. like 
I every time I hear you guys talk about paychecks and the, how valuable they are, I I feel this thing in my body that like why did I always why did I just jump into this entrepreneurial journey because yo guys what you guys get with paychecks and bonuses please don't get me started I want to die every time I hear people get bonuses because I've never had that I don't know what that's like so I feel like I could have built such an incredible portfolio but does every company offer this like um is it just banking or can anyone who's listening to the show, let's say they're working in an engineering company or they're working at an environmental company or green company, um, can they go in and ask about how can you help me in my property portfolio? Can they negotiate? No, no. so this is, um, so every single no. has its own particular perks. Okay. Because banking is in the credit lending industry, they give discounted rates to staff for credit. Mm. So if you work at the bank, things like home loans, car loans, um, credit, access to mm. credit is, is at a reduced rate as an employee mm. benefit. So you can't walk into a telecommunications company and say, help me with my home loan. Because yeah. it's not a product they actually sell, they can't. Like, it's, like when I worked at Vodafone, Vodafone owns Vodacom in South Africa. Things like cell phone was at a discounted rate because it's one of, of their course. products. It's in essence, they're able to give it to you at cost or a little above cost as, a, as an employee benefit. So it's not available to everybody. So that's one of the reasons when I got to choose where I wanted to go, I did choose banking over auditing. I could have that gone to an you. auditor. And yeah. I chose the banking sector because it went with my 10-year strategy. So I knew my career plan going in. Um, okay. I knew that I wanted to, you know, build a business that would be pan-African. So even the banks I chose to work for, where I chose to work, uh, the countries I chose to work in were all geared towards where I am now. I knew, for example, that I wanted to build a business in Nigeria. So I chose Vodafone because it would give me access to um, all their markets across the continent, allowing me to build those relationships um, in those countries. So for me, it went back to in my career strategy. Okay. Absolutely. Wow. So I like awesome. that. I like uh, Busi. Busi would love her totally. Uh, you don't just go and choose a job like what we did. You you needed. We needed to choose a job and stay in the job for twenty years. That was the problem with it. That strategy on its own is a problem. So for me, let also you, sorry to go to our mm. banking. I like your strategy of going straight to entrepreneurship. But mm. I knew I was going to entrepreneurship. So for me, I use my career as a university, make the mistakes, grow my portfolio, give myself the exposure on somebody else's dime. Yes. Nice. You have to be mutually exclusive. You either yeah. have to be an entrepreneur or you mm -hmm. need to be a, a corporate animal. And I'm like, yeah. no, you don't. You can mm -hmm. use one to catapult you into the other. Yeah, that is so, I'm so glad that you said that, right? Yeah. I mean, I yeah. just never fit into the career, into the corporate space because I was, I just went traveling from the jump. I finished at UCT and I was like in the Bahamas. <laughs> so I needed like my, I needed to earn a living, you know, my life needed to start making sense. Yeah. Black parents don't fund trips to Bahamas, guys. 
Pero no understand. You're in the Bahamas for six months. How are you doing that? How you got yourself there? You must get yourself out. <laughs> no, they don't. That's also when you become strategic, even in the in the in the in the employers you choose. So mm-hmm. I purposefully, you know, I started banking. And then I got, I moved to the UK. The reason I choose to move to the UK because it allowed me to travel the whole of Europe. Every weekend, I was like, bye, I'm off to Bruges. I'm going to be in Nice. Uh, So the ways to do it. So I don't think you should say, "Mm, it's either I work or I travel. Why not do your company to pay? That's what I did. And that's like eight countries. Waking up at 9 a.m. Well, I wake up at 10. People wake up at 5. I was like, there's many issues, right? <laughs> but I agree with you so wholeheartedly. These are things that just why I'm so like sitting, talking to you right now. It's like, wow, had I had a career coach in my 20s, Me too. I would have Me thought too. about things so differently. Because mm. I only Me saw too. one way to do things. I was just like, if this, yeah. this is one way and that's that, you know? Yeah. So that yeah. because I didn't know, I didn't know what I didn't know. Mm. Yeah. And I and I'm just thinking about it. You're so right, Wenaven. Because when I think about it, I knew from university. Um, actually, my housemanship had been approved in New Zealand. I was gonna go and do my housemanship in New Zealand, and then go to the UK, and then come back and maybe get married. But there are so many things that culturally you see now that they are so limiting. It is, you finish university, you're going to get married and you're going to have kids and live happily ever after. But with my betrothed, we had an agreement that we were going to travel, actually. Mm -hmm. Travel, study and work. One of us would work and whatever. But what you don't know is that the other person actually doesn't have an aspiration of anything. Mm -hmm. His aspiration is to have a wife. Really, that's the aspiration. It begins and it ends there. And those are the kind of things. And I really, really like that you are talking about it, that when you've got your own aspirations, you must also be willing to risk the fact that you've gonna, you're going to go it alone, isn't it? Because mm-hmm. how many people were thinking as you were thinking, Rumile, at 24, to move country and go to a crazy Nigeria? Because that's what our people will call it. Oh, yeah, Pete. You're like, how do you go to family? As if, as if there, there are no people living there. Or we are we are UK, you're and it's cold and it's gray. You're gonna get depressed. I surely you're gonna get depressed. Like, you know, and those are the kind of things that we got and what you believe. And when you are surrounded by a lot of that rhetoric that says you can't, you mustn't, you won't, you sit yourself mm-hmm. down and you become normal like other kids. Mm. Yeah, and there's, and there's nothing normal about being normal because in choosing that, it's not even normal. It's being standard. Really, and the sad part is that you don't get to ever express who you are. Then you wake up one day, midlife, and you're like, wait a minute, it's actually being in Zela and not me. And that has been my biggest fear: is mm. I wanted to have a life that was mine. Yes. where I get to choose yeah, uh, what yeah. it is that I want to do. And for yeah. me, um, you know, I spoke about money being an energy. Things like property are a vehicle to help facilitate that. Yeah. For me, it's, everything I'm working for is freedom. 
freedom of emotions to be able to say this is how I feel this is what I choose this is how I will respond it's freedom of he's of work saying actually inside Tanzania and Gabui I can engage and go wherever it is money and all of that just gives me more freedom to choose that's what mm-hmm. my life is about and I yeah. think you know even looking at things a lot of people be like ha you don't have kids yet why not and I was like because Wait. I want have that choice taken away right now i've got my dog Rocky. if it's rocking your boy and i'm and i'm gone i'm sitting in kinshasa in congo for the next four months my brother they'll be fine but i can't <laughs> with the child so i'm ready to have that freedom taken away for a certain period it's mm-hmm. also a choice and a lot of us surrender our choice and resolve ourselves. Money offers that freedom even in motherhood. When I, I think like having lived, exactly. um, I saw that a lot. Like yeah. I remember when I was living in Tobago, um, in Trinidad and yeah. Tobago, I met, I was like in my early 20s, I met this girl from Holland, a black girl who was born in Suriname and lived in Harlem. Yeah, yeah. Was traveling with her son. But because she was, she didn't have money in property and she was funding her travels, suddenly her son could go to school anywhere. She had a nanny that she traveled with, you know, and there was constant everything. Like for that year, her son was experiencing going to school in Tobago because she was like, well, in Holland, he only goes, he goes to a predominantly white school. I want him to experience what it's like to go to school with predominantly black kids. So money provides freedom even in your parenting choices. You can, it doesn't take, you no longer have to think 500 times about, oh, how are we going to get from this place to the next? It's like, I can book a flight. I can book a decent uh, apartment or house and I can book a good school wherever I'm going or we can move with governors because that's the other thing that she awoke in me she was like well if I go to a country and I don't trust the schooling system I just hire someone to a governor you know oh my gosh (laughs) I literally I mean I was really really young at the time and I was like I had never met a black woman on her own traveling on her own with her son who was doing that you know but it is possible and money makes that Money but I, I've underlined that I chose property because I was choosing my freedom. That is just such an incredibly powerful thing to do. I'm thinking about what we are doing today. We are sitting at the holiday house, Vumile, and I can do the podcast, but I've taken my daughter on holiday. So can we just have more of these people, really? Yeah, we, we just want to go and stay with Vangile for six months in Sri Lanka and take my daughter with, and we do what we like. We go and do yoga on the beach, and then we come and do the podcast, and then she goes to school. Can't we do all of that? I guys, this is a change of life. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. But money makes it <laughs> possible, yeah. right? So, yeah. wow, Vumile, you've taken us on this really phenomenal journey, and I'm and I know in my gut that there's a listener listening and they're starting to understand yeah. their why for property investing, oh, right? They're starting to understand why and what it will unlock for them. So your third and yeah. fourth property you've got because the 
bank allows uh, allowed you to make uh, stuff uh, gave you stuff Amazing. purchases yeah. and stuff rates. So then, how did you move on to the other properties, and how has it been in your property investing journey that you then went from I'm going to use bank money to I am just yes. going to buy properties cash. Tell, oh take God. us through that mindset shift. So um, at this point, you know, I'm spending more time in West Africa. So I studied a bit in Ghana. And in Ghana, we paid three years rent up front in one. I go, guys. Three years. Ooh, I thought it was a year. Yeah. I was in You guys want how much? <laughs> so I had to pay three years up front cash and then you explain oh, okay well in essence i'm, only, I'm not going to be here that long i'm do, i'm just been wrapping up a course at gimpa but it shifted my perspective and then of course i'm spending lots of time in nigeria where we're paying one year so then i started thinking actually next time i get a bonus i'm just not going to spend it so i start accumulating my executive bonuses um my dividend shares because remember at this point i'm an executive um you know yeah. in, in the banking sector I then use those to purchase smaller one-bedroom apartments in downtown Johannesburg. Right. right. And then right. I shift because now all of a sudden I'm paying, like I buy an apartment for 200K, 300K, that rental income is no longer going towards the bank. Yeah. I then take that rental income and I save it. Yeah. And I, and I replicate that model. Yeah. yeah. So I do that twice. Yeah. Um, to be able to buy properties cash um so so that's generally how i do i suppose I, uh, before all of this obviously i also bought the property where i'm living in but that was still the bank's money but post that that's okay. how i've been able to uh, maneuver and purchase cash then i decided to diversify yeah. let's say some money um and um bought land in nigeria okay wow, because right. how easy is that Oh, it's very difficult because you, you really know if who you're purchasing actually owns the land. So the oh, system, wow. it's easy to get duped. So working with guys who are really professionals and guys you trust. So for yeah. me, as I mentioned earlier, like anywhere yeah. in the world, um, relationships are, are, are key. So also we spoke about, you know, because choosing your career strategically. When I worked at the call center, I knew I was going to be in the rest of the continent. So I would treat my, my, uh, my non-South African fellow Africans with the royal treatment. And a lot of them became my friends. So um, who was a client became a friend and helped facilitate that for me. And he's obviously a very senior businessman. And um, I got along well with his wife and that relationship helped me secure what in essence would have been a two-year debate and negotiation. We were able to do that in about less than three months. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Wow. I can <laughs> underline relationships. Hmm? Yeah. Relationships. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So how do you know, because in Sri Lanka, there's the very same issue. And obviously, like I've got a Sri Lankan mom out there. <laughs> Everyone knows her now, you know. Mm. She shows up in my videos and everything. And Mizo has met her. She's come to stay with her as well. But um, it's the same thing around, like, you're not sure who owns the land. Like, people can sell land that is not theirs. It's not like yeah. that. You know, it's like, <laughs> it's a very, very interesting space. So how I maneuver it is through Mangala in Sri Lanka. Mm. But how do you 
uh, then maneuver that uh, in Nigeria if someone doesn't have that relationship that you have, Vumile? Is there another way that a listener have to check the validity of your of your realtor? Um, ask different people. Um, you know, if you see people liking their stuff on Instagram, reach out and hi, you bought a property with this person and validate. It mm. is an intense exercise and it's very difficult. I'm not going to lie, it's very difficult to do. Mm. Uh, conducting mm. business in other parts of the world is not as easy to do remotely. It's just the nature. Mm. Um, I couldn't. I tried for a while to even secure deals with clients and it was impossible. I lived mm. there for, I lived there for like five, six months before I got a deal signed. Yeah. Mm. So it, it, just, it just works differently. So you can't yeah. come mentality hats, yes and Zanzi. Oh, I'll just check the title deed and see no. <laughs> yeah, we've got lightstone guys and windeed and all our titles are actually no, listed there. Yeah, oh, yeah. Like, I know this from someone who actually thinks they own the land, only to find yeah. out. Oh, actually, you know, the the so and so has been buried because you also know in Nigeria burials take um they take a lot longer than South Africa. We bury within of a week. Course. In Nigeria, it can take several months for someone to get buried. Yeah. So someone thought they owned the land, and then the wool has shifted. I said, no, you don't own the land. Um. Toke, um, who actually owns the land is um, um, is Ade. Mm. You purchased it <laughs> from the wrong owner, so it's it's a lot more complex. So you need someone who is reputable, yeah. and if you need someone reputable, be prepared to pay. Yeah. yeah. And it's not like yeah. we like you know, I can get another real you can get another real real estate agent, but it doesn't mean that they'll be legit. So oh, you're. Okay. Your, your maneuvering is a little bit tricky. Though. Yeah. Oh, Sounds my God. Very like we going to I learned that you need to negotiate. Sometimes the land is owned by everyone in the family. Everyone is on the... Is like... Yeah, like, so we've had... Con- like, oh, my gosh, that's the first land. Remember the one that I wanted in uh, Pasakuda? Pasakuda, <laughs> yeah. That was the issue. It was this gorgeous strip of land on the ocean, Vumile. And I was like, Mizo, this is the one. And I was sending her videos. The issue was that there were eight people that owned that land, like eight oh. brothers and sisters. So two wanted to sell. The others wanted a higher price. Yo, so you have to get everybody on board. Eventually, I was like, yo, this is beyond me, hey? <laughs> like, I see again. Take the Because <laughs> it's so, so intense. Because you're dealing with... Romila, I want to talk about the cash buying. And because I'm talking to one, an accountant, to a seasoned property investor now, it's not a beginner investor. Where are you with the English of leverage and buying on cash? Why does it make sense for you to buy cash? What, 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 what are you saying about that cash buying? Mm. Um, leverage. You know- you know, I come from you know I come from the banking sector, so I understand right. the concept of good debt. I understand the concept of um, using other people's money. It's fantastic. Right. It works for a number right. of people. I'm not anti it. Mm-hmm. I just uh, the way my life is structured now, and oh, okay. where I'm at, and what I'm trying to create for my life is mm-hmm. self reliance and dependence. Mm-hmm. 
And it's also tapping into my own creative power to manifest a life that is free. I yeah. touched on freedom. Yeah. And for me, having debt means to a certain degree, I still have handcuffs. Let them, even though they be golden, that yeah. belong to somebody else. And yeah. I choose for myself freedom. I've seen my grandfather, you know, my grandfather had a fourth grade education. He never got mm-hmm. a loan of his businesses whether it's a supermarket butchery um um starting out with his property he's never he's never done that he's always bought them cash so mm-hmm. and it worked for him so when he passed on his estate there was zero liability and yeah. that's what i need to do for myself um and also i think the mental shift that occurred for me specifically in nigeria is i was yeah. surrounded by people who looked like me who had mm-hmm. well that was beyond my scope of understanding. I and know. Hey? Telling me, and all these people never took a bank loan for a car or for, or for clothes or for food or for houses. Right. So I see people where it was possible. And with right. debt, even though it's good debt, you still pay interest. Why would you ever pay more than you have to? Yes. yes. Um, for me, when yeah. I feel like that, I feel it's a challenge back to me to reframe my thinking and say, Vermilion, can we manifest better? Can we do better? Can we create better in our lives? Because for me, when I see... Can you we know, manifest it's better? You, it's expensive. It just means I'm not the target audience. So mm-hmm. what do I need to do yeah. to become the target audience? So I, I then personalize that okay. challenge and, and, and in that way for myself. Oh, my God. I, uh, okay, now you've sold me. I, I've been like okay. on the- Knows, I've been like on the. Oh, but what do you mean, so? You've been, been convinced. You've been on the horse already. Mina, I'm teaching beginners who are sitting there, and everyone tells them you've got no savings, therefore you'll never buy property. So I'm saying leverage other people's money, let's build your portfolio. You really want to start now, you can. And and then argues for cash. And I'm just like, yes, absolutely. When you can do that. For a person who can't. I agree with you, Miranda, but you know the painful thing is, yeah. I just paid, you know, the, some of the properties I bought earlier on, I paid off two of them. Yeah. You know, that money is so painful. You're paying off an asset you already have access to. It's painful, <laughs> that thing, man. What the heck, right? <laughs> 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 I know what you're saying, though. Like, I love I love this conversation, really. It's I do, too, eh? Like, I... <laughs> I, okay, so this is also what she, what she said, though, is just hear what she said, guys. She said she's relying, she wants self-reliance and independence and tapping independence. into her own creativity without having to rely on others. And I feel like this is what I've seen with the cash life. Isn't this what I always say, Nizo, that like not having debt and not having credit yeah. cards have yeah. helped me, like if I want to go to... Yeah somewhere another country tomorrow I have to sit down and really think how the heck do I use my resources to generate that income you know versus like reaching for a credit card I don't have those options right now you know so I'm just like everything is based on cash and I think it has taught me how to be a better entrepreneur because of that because I want to dig deep yeah. So, but I'm just saying, Vumila, you've changed one person on this podcast. Today. <laughs> I'm 
lifting my hand like I was already on the cusp and not sure but now you're just like making me go Mm-mm, I- because how are people so so this is so this is a fascinating number for me so we sit in South Africa right now there are about 56 million of us okay yeah then we so let's say we take a look across let's just go into West Africa then they say okay let's go to Nigeria you are telling me you've got 150 to 250 million people depending on the numbers who are sure. living cash. Sure. Why not? Eh? That's yeah. three times to four times the size of your own country. Yeah. They're doing yeah. it cash. We are in Johannesburg. That's 11 million people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In Lagos alone, a city is 27 million. That's half of the population of the country. They are living cash. And but if then more the G- argument, can I play devil's advocate? You know, I mm-hmm. believe <laughs> in this cash life, but then the argument is that then that means that the economy is progressing at a slower pace because what yeah. about people that don't have access to credit? They don't have access to credit. And the economy uh, was, was like people than argue that isn't this why it doesn't that mean that economies progress at a slower pace, isn't it? That you're building because this is the big thing, right? Actually, let's go into property with this. Doesn't yeah. this slow down your mm-hmm. portfolio, your investment portfolio, because you are where you could get a hundred properties, you are now getting less because you're using the cash life. Cash. Mm-hmm. So, so this is my argument. Mm-hmm. You're going to so let's use one one property. One okay. property costing you a hundred, a hundred thousand. All right. You go to the bank, and you're mm-hmm. going to end up paying one hundred and eighty thousand for that property in yeah. a twenty-year period. Yeah. So in twenty years, you paid one hundred and eighty. You owe now. You've gotten ten properties. Yeah. So you paid one point eight in total. Let's say, right? Mm-hmm. Had you stuck and paid the hundred, let that hundred birth another one, cash. Mm-hmm. And so forth and so forth and so forth. How much would you have paid in the end? My issue is it's a, it's a seemingly slower process in the short term, right? But your access and, uh, and availability in the long term is different. And also remember, credit is an option you can always go back to. You have no okay. idea how happy the bank is to give you some money to say, "Well, we can give you an access bond on that property you've already paid off." Yeah, okay. In the five, you've paid off cash. The access to credit you're going to get for the other five might even supersede that hundred, um, the 10 you would have gotten in 20 years. All right. We're looking at the short term, we're not looking at the long term. Okay. And I think for me, that's a big thing. And when we start talking about, are we slowing down the economy by using cash? I don't believe that at all. The number mm-hmm. one economy in the world, in, in, the, so in the continent right now, is Nigeria, and it's a cash yeah. economy. Yeah. How is that working? Yeah, that's why I asked the question. Yeah. That's the question. We, we guys, we're coming from. So, what's different about the the, the credit system? It's a very European style of of, of work. Mm. It's a, it's a European style of engagement, and there's mm. a reason why Europe has the lowest amount of growth in the economy right now. We always look at things short term and not long term. Mm. Yep. How is Rwanda growing mm. so quickly when they're not yeah. flooding the market for credit? Yeah. Guys, yeah. just because something is imported doesn't always make it better or right. Yeah. 
No, mm. it absolutely doesn't. It absolutely doesn't. Yeah, and they yeah, Rwanda is a cash is a cash base. It's eh? Yeah. Um, it's, it's, so I am a very, and I think the, also the challenge is also when we start thinking about property, we have aspirations as to what Pam Golding has written on that this defines property. Yeah. My grandfather died a multimillionaire, Ngama back room. This is why this podcast exists. Yeah. Can we just stop there for two minutes? Because this is incredibly important, Bumile, what you've just brought on. Because what our people are doing, there are two people that have argued with me this week because someone is making them buy into these models where, you know, you are going to pay and you are going to to, to break even at year four and year five. And I keep saying, but your mom and with those seven rooms she has financed your schooling she has financed your university and even after working you still borrowed money from your mom because she would go door to door right and when we don't see our own stuff i mean this podcast is born from that because the only models we knew was to buy a townhouse Suddenly, that's all we knew, but Sibuya Guma room and garage. And yeah. this is why this podcast is so important. Like, How many come from that model, from grandmothers that did that? You know? And yet now our idea of property investing has gone very European, as you say. What we are aspiring to and what we, and what we have been sold to is what success looks like. Yeah, um, a moment of laughing. So I grew up, you know, Kwanama Spazek High, and my childhood was Kwanama busy counting crates. Mm. Okay, I yes. And I remember I was counting crates. I was like, I remember swearing, what do you mean? I'm going to be an accountant and I'll never be doing this. I mm. make more money from those shops than I did as an accountant. Okay. I know. So what we sometimes have to escape, escape is in our leaving the township, leaving our village yeah. is sometimes the key to unlock our next level. Mm. Now we've got the education is how to, how do we make, smooth line the processes? How do we make this more legacy building? They took us to this level and we're like, I, 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 we don't even want this level. I want to start at the bottom of somebody else's ladder. Why? Yeah. Why? Why? And that's why when... Based on that, yeah, sorry. Yeah. And that's why that's why our attendance of the Biz House session was so incredibly important. Ulebuhang of Biz House starts exactly in the township he grew up in. And he was like, you know, all I wanted was to move out of the share. I'm a graduate and I just want a bachelor flat, a dignified, and have my own bathroom. And you couldn't find one in Tembisa. And where did he build his model? This house is born in Tembisa and it still works in Tembisa and Alex only. This thing of wanting to escape and we are leaping to Lama Townhouse, but we really need to have a look at ourselves. And there's something internally that's 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 a bit iffy there. Yeah. We need to heal something bigger there. So I I, I think you bring on such an important fact. Where were we? Yo, I need it now. 
I feel like uh, let's do just two more questions and move on to I the next. I think so. <laughs> this is so fiery. And Uvumile, Misa said before she, uh, before she went to get coffee, before we started the session, uh, before we started this recording, she said, you know, Vumile is going to bring the fire. Let me go get myself coffee and just get ready. She's going to bring us the real fire. No. Like, look at this, Misa, you said it, right? So... <laughs> Vumile, um, what's happening with your, is it the land in Nigeria, uh, it's not yet developed. Do you have any other land or properties in outside of South Africa? Are you still working towards that? I'm definitely still working towards that. I think with Corona, it stopped a lot of things for, for my long-term strategies. Um, and I think for me, the, the next step is, you know, we've just opened up our offices in, in New York. So um, for me, it's having to get an apartment there because you right. guys, like paying, I'm like paying for Airbnbs or things like that, and it would be great for it to be an Airbnb that generates me some money. Absolutely. So that's something I'm I'm starting to look at and diversify. Yeah, and I definitely also want to get to the point where when I hit my own personal target, to get my okay, my reward house as I call it, the space okay. where I feel happy and comfortable and it's more spacious and it's more conducive you know to that season in my life of having kids and etc all righty i love that i love that vumile tell me something about the tribe and relationships just again Mm. who in your tribe helped you to grow your portfolio the most where who where do you see where do you see the tribe bringing um bringing the fire to your portfolio was it was it all because of your personal motivation about property or was there a tribe that helped you see property this way um so definitely i would say my granddad my grandparents are were pillars for me in in that you know it's awesome. very very difficult specifically as a south african black child growing up yeah. to aspire to something you haven't seen mm. um so, oh my God! Seeing it at home really inspired. Even to this day, you know, I was just home at my grandmother's house, and abantu bazukoki rent. I I understand that language and that lingo. Um, so, and my grandmother saying, you know, helping and supporting my grandfather from. Okay, we've got one bedroom. Let's do flats in in a, in a township at Clermont. Not just back rooms. She did the same yeah. thing in that model um, within our own township. So, and then also saying, okay, so let's move into commercial property. All my of that me helped shift my thinking to say, oh, we're in a residential area, but you know, we can do a butchery here. Let's get the license. Let's convert this to yeah. uh, family butchery. Yeah. All yeah. of that was what my grandmother taught me, what my grandfather started. So, had I not seen it at home, it would be very, very difficult. The conversations, Miranda, you're having with people and having to convince them is of no, actually there's value. You're trying to convince people often of something they, they've, they've seen, but they haven't really experienced forehand. And the challenge comes in, even in us building, is are we involving our children? I did the books. I know how we split up the electricity. It, it makes perfect sense to me. So when I'm having conversations with my property manager, I'm like, whoa, 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 where are the rates? What's happening? What's because yeah. I'm at home. Uh-huh. I'd have to open uh-huh. and divide by 12. That's how many tenants there are. 
But uh, yeah. for me, tribe, you know, you do. You know, oh, when my Angela says I come as one, I, you know, I, I rock up as 10,000. That's what my tribe did for me. They Absolutely. Their knowledge, the, the, the errors they've made to me so I can circumvent them in building my own businesses and my own property portfolio. Wow. Wow. I don't wow. know. If we hadn't met you, if I hadn't met you on the same day as Vangile, I would have said, oh, Vangile, you yourself and Vangile have had conversations somewhere and you are talking about generational wealth and how, how what we do. I'm going to cling to myself, speak, and I love it. I know. Like, seriously so we might be so sisters i was even laughing miranda that she's even wearing the exact same top i was wearing when i met her can you see that thank you like i'm like she is my person this one like i you're no (laughs) but we talk about it all the time in the money magic um in the money magic course because vanilla teaches that if we don't heal and if we don't do right our daughters and our sons are not gonna gonna do it because they need to touch and feel because mm-hmm. this podcast exists where there are two black women. Other black women believe they can, they will, they should, they must get off their asses and buy properties, right? Mm-hmm. So we we absolutely need to be doing certain things so that it's different. I am sitting in an apartment that's owned by a black woman. Yesterday there was no mm-hmm. power. She called around and she was like, okay, good. Pick up your stuff. I'm moving you to my other apartment. We had to drive another 15 Ks to go to another apartment. My daughter sees this. What does she say this morning? Mommy, we need to buy an apartment like this so that now and again, we can get out of Dobek and come and sit at an apartment like this. Like you have no idea. This is why this, this is why we are here, right? And when another black woman talks about it, it makes it even worse, right? You give life to that. I would never have bought property cash had I not seen other black people doing it in Nigeria. Thank you. It was possible. So by seeing that exposure, it makes it possible. It would help. Now, I too can. Yes, I too can. No, I agree. Yo, representation, it's everything. Okay, with that, I am full. Mizo, should we move on to the next segment of the show? Oh, let's go. I can't. <laughs> on to the next segment of our show. Magical feedback from our hosts. Where our hosts share their three takeaways from today's episode. Okay, so guys, we are... Uh, with a uh, back with magical feedback, and I'm gonna, as usual, have Misa start us off. <laughs> you are so unfair, though. <laughs> no, because you get to start the feedback and the expansion because I do the <gasps> in the intro. Remember, so it's not unfair. Right. Let's <laughs> do it. Let's do it. Here's my number one feedback, and I think this one is particularly for myself, for my younger self. Right? For my younger self, Bumile says, go into the workplace with a strategy. Mm. And while you are in the workplace, make your mistakes on somebody else's time. Yep. You know, you don't just get a job 
for a job because then you will hate yourself and hate the job and hate everybody around it. Go in, have a strategy and make your mistakes while you are in the job. You don't just mm -hmm. go in. So she was very deliberate about banking. Yes. Because there are perks. There mm -hmm. are perks for property. And she mm -hmm. used the banking system for that. Mm -hmm. And no one can blame her. She served mm -hmm. the bank. And she used the lower interest rate and whatever to buy her properties. Right? I like that. I wish I someone that. had told me that 30 years ago. Right? There's yeah. so many things that I wish that we'd been taught growing up, but at least yeah. what placates me is that this podcast is helping those that come after us so that after us. they can make more informed uh, choices than we did. Because after yeah. all, we come from environments where you just need a job so that you can pay the bills, where it often feels yeah. like you don't have the luxury of being strategic. But if you're not strategic yeah. from the beginning, you pay for it in your later years, which is so much more expensive. Um, yeah. So my first takeaway is how she talks about her grandmother and her grandfather. <gasps> Guys, in South Africa, we're talking yeah. about black all older black people who are multimillionaires and they did that through property and it started in the back rooms and she talks about how that growing up in that environment helped her but not just her she says every family member of hers over the age of 18 is in property so yeah. the things that we do right now this just proves what i've always said that how our like our behavior with money is very much ancestral. So it's three generations back. You understand? Like her grandparents have influenced this generation in her family because they saw, because this generation saw that you can behave in a particular manner with money and that property was a valuable investment. Not only that, but they were trained. She would do the books to they were involved in the family business. So this, right? So what we're doing now, maybe our grandparents and our parents couldn't do this for us. But by doing this, our kids are watching, right? Their kids yeah. will be watching. And, every, yeah. and they're going to take what you do and implement it. So this is so, so important that we don't teach by lip service. I always say this to all my clients and students that, Stop trying to teach people by lip service because people, especially kids, they are watching what you do. They are watching how you move through the world and they're going to behave in the way that you behave, not in the way that you say, right? So if you say one thing, but you behave in a totally different manner, they're not hearing it, right? Because they like, listen, they are watching your actions and their nervous system is watching how regulated you are when you take a particular is their nervous systems are, are reacting to how your nervous system is feeling when you're Absolutely. taking particular financial actions. So rather work on you, take those actions and make the changes. So I love the story I so much. The story of generational, I really, really, you, you put it better than I would have. It was one of my takeaways. So here's my, here's my second takeaway. Um, 
she says, um, when she chose property as an asset class of investment, she chose freedom. Mm. You know, it's very easy to listen to people. Hey, I want to be financially free and whatever. When she shows you mm. what it means to be financially free mm. and she says, I can pack up today and I can go and, the, and that business runs itself because yeah. I've got a good property manager. Mm. Number one. Number two, I have bought well. There is a, an apartment of hers. It has never stood empty. She mm -hmm. has had 100% occupancy in, in, in Acadia. And that, that for me is like, even when she was, she was in Devon, she could buy a property in Pretoria because she knew the area. She already knew the type of tenant that's going to. So that's, how, that's, that's what property investing does for you. It yeah. frees you in a certain way that a business, um, a, a retail business will not free you. Right. Yep. You do not have to be there monitoring your tenant. That's it's it's something that I reiterate to my mentees and all the time so that they can see why they are doing what they are doing. Because if you don't have that big why, you are forever going to work for your tenants or you are forever going to, I don't know what you want to do. Maybe you want to sell apples. That's okay too. Yeah. But property investing buys you freedom. I, like mm, I yeah. love that so much. Yeah. So, okay, so my second takeaway is how she keeps talking, how she spoke about following your own gut, right? Believing yeah. in that. I am, this is how I do business in essence, guys. It's like I look at all the practical things and then like Misa knows, like I'll just say yes or no. I on a gut feeling it will make sense on paper and i'll be like nah just doesn't quite resonate in yeah. the gut <laughs> yeah. so i think yeah. this is such a powerful thing and what she said about that was it it's not something that we can explain it no. doesn't it can't be made into something that can be packaged but we all know some that we all have that gut instinct, you know, and how she's used that gut instinct to grow her property portfolio. I think it's so powerful. And I, we have heard several investors on this show talk about this gut instinct, but I think Vumila is the first one that went so in depth with it, that sometimes you just see something and you just know this is it, even though like you can't explain why. You just know that this is how I'm going to make money and this is my, this is uh, going to appreciate or this is going to be a good cash flow. So what my takeaway from that is balance the gut stuff, the emotional intelligence stuff with the practical stuff and merge them. And I think if you can marry those two, you can fly. Yeah. My gosh. Yeah. And it reminds me of a book by Elizabeth who is the Eat, Pray, Love lady? Elizabeth Gilbert. Yeah, big magic sounds like that. Yeah. Big magic. Yeah, I really, oh my gosh. Oh, there was so, true. there were so many things that Vumile, but this is the reason why we brought Vumile, uh, my last takeaway. Um, we met Vumile at a, at a property meetup session. And this was hosted by Bees House, uh, Lebohang Libepe. And um, she speaks about, the voice people and even today she spoke about that 
the voice is what you use also to negotiate. The mm-hmm. voice is when you can say yes or no to a deal. You can say yes or no to people who are beginning to abuse your money as well. But mm-hmm. she is such a powerful voice. She's so clear about why she's doing what she's doing. She carries the surname of Msweli because, mm-hmm. and she speaks for the Msuelis that have gone before her and the ones that are coming after her. And just speaking for yourself, how important it is. It is such an incredible thing to say that we have a responsibility for those that are past. We have got a responsibility for those that are coming afterwards. And, you know, it keeps bringing um bringing me back to the day we did our intention about this podcast, Bangile. All we knew was that we couldn't find a black resource for township property investors. And we knew that is what we needed to do. So if nothing else about this podcast, if nothing else, I think that's the impact that we we, we had intended on 19 months ago when we started. And I feel like she, she articulated it so well when she said that. That's my takeaway. I love Ooh. it. I yeah. love what you Just off the back of that, I think my podcast, um, my takeaway is mm-hmm. also um, around just how she said it's very difficult as a Black child in South Africa to aspire to something you haven't seen. And how when she went to Nigeria and she saw people like her. Oh, my God. And having the kind of wealth that she had never dreamt of. Right? That, for me, just reminded me the power of representation. You know, again, it's that we're not just everything that we do. It's that we, we do. It's not just about ourselves. I know this is kind of like it's ladling a lot more burdens on black people yeah. than we have, right? But the truth is that our successes also inspire other people. So just being able to um, having just starting your property journey. And I want to say this for me, the, the takeaway, because we have a lot of black women that say to us on the show that, oh my gosh, I haven't achieved enough. So I don't want to come on the show. After research the podcast, you know? So the whole thing is that even if you have three properties, you've got four properties, you have, you're inspiring someone who has not yet zero. still at zero. Right. So your story matters because they are able to see themselves in you because there's another black girl who's sitting there and is like, how do I even start? And your story of getting to four properties has got them like wide eyed and gosh, how do I do this? You know, so super, super powerful. I really, really, I really love that. That is it. Hey. No, the story of Nigeria and Ghana. Yeah. Mm. Oh my gosh. Yeah, man. Woo, yeah. man. This was yeah. This was yeah. beyond just property investment. So very yeah. grateful for this podcast and mm. um just loved, loved Bumile. Even on that Saturday, she blew us oh. away. Right. And what she did, you know what I did when I went, I walked over to her at the stage. I said, Bumile, say yes. She says, okay, yes. I'm like, okay, you are on the podcast. 
just like, oh, that's not even a trick. Of course I was going to come on the podcast. <laughs> wow. Wow. Oh my gosh. Yeah, so this is her year of years and yes. she's doing it and I am so grateful for it. Yes. Whew, okay, let's move on to the next segment of the show. Now on to the journey to magical expansion where we ask our guests the same five questions we ask every guest. Okay, so property magicians, I'm going to hand it over to Misa to start us off on this. Well, Misa, please tell us, have you got a book that changed your life? It can be a fairy tale, it can be any book, business book, property book. This is how our listeners get to know which next book they should buy or read. Oh, so a book that changed my life was A Return to Love by Marianne Williamson. It's based on A Course in Miracles. And I think the reason that book changed my life, it, 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 it reintroduced me to myself. Um, I often say, you know, in every engagement, I want to show up as, as love as opposed to coming from a place of fear. It unpacks what love is and how love shows up in relationships, in work, in engagements. It shifted my right. life. And it's a book I still reread yeah. probably every single year. Wow. I well, love yeah. Welcome to the club. I love that book. Okay? Yeah. I've got it in audio and physical because I, I just can't. I think I read it because of you a few years ago. Yeah. You told me about it, it. And then I was like, let me read this book. It's a beautiful book. That's my Bible. That's my it Bible. It really is. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Okay. So what keeps you inspired, Vumile? Um, the reality of where it is that I come from, you know, I'm originally from, my family's originally from Mduba, Duba. I go, I go back to our village every single year. Okay. And the realization that I am not the most beautiful, I'm not the smartest, even in my township, which is David, not the most brilliant. It was sheer grace that I was able to get out and able to have this extraordinary life. Okay. The circumstances I was born into did not prescribe that for me. So every yeah. time I walk into a room, my responsibility are for those who have gone before me. You know, there's a thing where, we, where um, for, for me, I don't own my surname. It's something I get to borrow. Mm -hmm. And there are much more important people who've gone before me who carry the surname. So I have to honor them. And when I pass it on to my children, it should be in a better condition than which I found it. I found so, it. So for me, it's, that inspires me to say, am I honoring Onungan? Am I honoring those who did not have the luxury? My grandfather could not have matric. He could not, you know, I'm busy doing a doctorate. He could not even get an honors or master's degree. And he was the smartest man I know. If he had this opportunity, what would he be doing? So how yeah. dare I be lazy and not bring it for all it's worth? You know, we love to say, oh, my ancestors' wildest dreams. Guys, people died for us to be here. And I don't think it resonates. My, my uncles yeah. were in Bourbon Island for me to be here. I don't mm -hmm. have the luxury of dropping the ball. Dropping the ball. As the on, on, I have to show up as the best version of myself. Okay. Okay. All right. I don't have the luxury of dropping the ball. Eh? Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Okay. Mm -mm. Awesome. 
So, Vumile, what do you wish you had known uh, before embarking on your property investment journey? <laughs> Very good question. I wish I had known to be a little bit more hands-on with property management. Okay. I think it rendered quite a lot to, oh, okay, no, Rawson's is managing the property. Oh, so-and-so is managing. If I had been a little bit more strategic and hands-on, that would have helped. Yeah. And I found that with properties where I'm dealing with people who I have a personal relationship, like Papa manages one of my properties in downtown. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the feedback, the engagement is so much more personalized. I know what's happening all the time that I feel I would have done a better job. Um, mm, I, I like that. Oh, it's a well-known brand. They know what they're doing. They know what they're doing. I'm one in the number. I would yeah. rather have taken that invested it with people who who know me, who I trust, who have a vested interest in seeing uh, me succeed. Yeah. yeah, totally. Totally. Property management is an underlying in bold and italics, guys. It can make or break your portfolio, right? Yeah. So um, what, wow. what do you still need to learn in property? What do you think you still need to learn in property? Um, I think I need to still learn how to stay away from building. Uh, that was a very expensive exercise that I will not be repeating. <laughs> uh, building a property for me, oh, the property in Midrand. I wish I had gotten myself into that mess. Um, so I think understanding it. And I think because you're like, oh, how hard, is, how hard can this be? You underestimate. You don't know what it is that you don't know. And yeah. you're like, oh, all property, all property is the same. So that's one thing I wish I, I could I could have I could still learn. Another thing is I'd really like to learn more on other people's strategies. I've only focused on my net asset value growth strategy. Yeah. Um, who are purchasing property for more revenue generation and also learning that you know revenue generation and net asset value growth are mutually exclusive. Yeah. So I'd be willing to take the knock and be like, oh, even if I don't make money, it's fine. I'm worried about the long term. I, I wish I could have learned that a little bit earlier to say, actually, no, Vumil, you can do both. You know, I think no. it was a always thinking it's not either or, it's not black or white and, yeah. and gray most of the time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow, yeah. That is so yeah. important. Um, so what resource do you want to share with our listeners, Vumil? A, a podcast, a YouTube, a property resource that that you would say to someone, go there, go listen to that, um, or go read that, um, that that will help you to start or to improve on your portfolio or to grow. So for me, there are basically two resources I use quite a bit. The first is the Property Coach. It's a Facebook group. Um, it's started by a dear friend of mine, Ibo, Ibo Kwagrain. Okay. Amazing. Okay. Me, uh, oh, Ibo has been here. Yeah, we've yeah. had him on the show. That's yeah. my boo. Yes, we've got Ibo. Yeah, yeah, So Ibo is fantastic, specifically with downtown properties. He's been very, very helpful. He's helped me just invest and get the best deal with my property in Midrand. He he has the Facebook group, The Property Coach. Very, very useful. Um, you yeah. can ask questions, you can engage. Um, it's a great community. And the second resource for me is Papa Biz. Uh, what Papa's been able to do is amazing. So yeah. uh, I think there's something happening with the boys in Ghana. Clearly. Um, Clearly. Clearly. So those <laughs> two gentlemen, I would I would point you towards Papa Biz is on Instagram. So if you yeah. 
to find him there as well as Ibo Cochrane uh, under yeah. property, uh, property coach. Now, now listen to this, right? Yeah, no, we 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 we've got a handle on 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 very good property resources, guys. Mm. But like your question that you asked our guests, all of them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what was your intention? Why did you decide to say yes to come on the show? What is your intention, and how can the show help you fulfill that intention? Uh, my intention was I'm not going to say no. <laughs> so sorry I wish it was more profound um, I'm in a space of getting myself out there from a sales perspective and exposing yeah. because I'm purposefully focusing on getting people in their career coaching mm. not focusing a little bit more on their careers I told myself that for this year any platform where I'm invited and I don't see any harm I will be there even though it's spaces that I usually don't talk about a lot of people don't know about my property journey yeah, I speak about a lot of people don't even know that that's something I, I do or even yeah. like only focus on the career coaching. But yeah. because I will say yes to every single opportunity to connect with people because it opens me up a little bit more. I said yes. Absolutely. Oh, wow. What you didn't know then, Vumile, is that um, you are one of the very few females who just simply said yes at get go right um our podcast uh, uh, struggles to attract female property investors brown female property investors and it's 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 such a good show when you are just going to say yes and show up and be visible or they will say yes and then not turn up on the day yes and actually yeah. not only that it's just they won't turn up but also there's this feeling that other people know more, you know, yeah. that like everyone else has a better story to tell. And I here know. we are talking about representation. And the crazy thing, Vumile, is that at least 55%, according to our stats, of our yeah. listeners are female, you know, and we had like very few of them want to come on the podcast and share. Absolutely. And in contrast, we have a list of men who want to come and be interviewed on the podcast. Not <laughs> only that, they want to repeat. <laughs> and they want to repeat. Yes, they want to come back for repeats. It's, it's so fascinating. It's a bit, and I think we were talking about this uh, earlier offline. There's a fundamental yeah. we have with what it is to be female and how yeah. that shows up in the workplace. Yeah. Yesterday, we, I was having a masterclass about how to use your voice to accelerate your career. I was, I was saying to ladies, um, of the 58, 60 people, like only three, four were men, the rest were women. And yeah. it is my hope and my, my intention with that was start using your voice. Mm -hmm. The thought that somebody else's story is more valid, somebody else's experience <sighs> is more comprehensive than mine. We forget that whatever level we're at, there's someone who's at a level beneath us who's aspiring mm. to be where we are. And what we're doing is a disservice by keeping quiet. By keeping we're quiet. <gasps> no, you'll figure it out. Yes. And then we get into corporate, we walk, get into workspaces where when other women aren't wanting, aren't being open or sharing information, like, why are they being like that? You were doing the exact same thing. Yes. You kept your mouth shut 
when you could have opened it. And by opening your mouth, you would have left the door open for the people coming behind you. Coming behind you. Preach. Preach. <sighs> I love what you've just said. So <sighs> people get hold of you for career coaching, for advice, the works, guys. Like, yo, yeah. I would, yo, my gosh, I wish I'd known about, I'd had a career coach like you right outside of UCT. Oh, I know, right? Yeah. Guys, in jobs and that have careers that you love, please contact Mumile. Like, I am so jealous. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so what are your contacts? I'm on all socials as Vumim Sueli or Vumilem Sueli dash career coach on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter. Um, and the one thing though is every single Monday at 6 p.m. we have um, Instagram live lessons for 30 minutes. So if you're oh, looking nice. to pick um, my handle is at Vumim Sueli, V-U-M-I-M-S-W-E-L-I on Instagram. You will find me yeah. there every Monday at 6 p.m. Don't be like, ah, I've missed out. All the pre, all those, all the stuff we've recorded already is on my timeline. So at any time, you can just pop in and listen. Everything specifically as women, this month has all been all about using our voices. So if you just look at the month of June, all you're going to hear about is how to start using your voices your to voice. show up, advocate for yourself. Mm-hmm. Yikes. I'm going to yeah. plug my nieces in. Oh, my goodness. This is awesome. Romila, you did one thing and more uh, times a thousand of what I thought you were going to do on the, on the podcast. So thank you for your generosity. And thank, thank you. you for bringing the mindset. Because sometimes we talk about investing. What we really actually are talking about is bringing ourselves to whatever we are doing. And then the money and the investing comes afterwards mm. and you've done exactly that. So thank you. And thank you for just your big yes. Gosh. Thank you, <laughs> thank you so, you so much for having me. I appreciate you ladies. And keep up the good work. Keep up. I think these are the conversations that really start to help us transmute our, our, our poverty story from, you know, the alchemy of going from poverty to prosperity. And I think property is a, key function of that there's a reason every single multimillionaire every billionaire talks about my property portfolio we don't have to wait till we get there to we can yeah. do that en route to do that well yeah. absolutely yes thank you so much Vumile. thank you so much Mizo. thank you Excellent. so much magicians we will see you on the next show absolutely bye guys Thank you for listening, Property Magicians. My name is Vangile Makwakwa, and I am your host on the show. I help people heal their ancestral money stories so that they can fall in love with their bank accounts, become financially free, and live their best lives. So if you would love to increase your income, or you'd love to pay off your debts and increase your savings, contact me. You can contact me on the Wealthy Money website at wealthy-money.com. Again, wealthy-money.com. Or you can email me at vangile at wealthy-money.com. Again, vangile at wealthy-money.com. Find me on Facebook on the Wealthy Money group or on the Wealthy Money page or find me on Twitter and Instagram as vangile makwakwa. Now over to my co-host. Thank you for listening. I am Dr. Miranda Prop, 
DocMum on all the social media platforms on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I'm the host of Property Magicians Podcast, and I'm a property mentor. I mentor newbie property investors to help them to begin and to take action. Your journey into property investment begins with me from property registration, from property company registration to picking the correct strategy that suits where you are at. Find me on my inbox at miranda at wealthy-money.com. Again, inbox me at miranda at wealthy-money.com if you want me to help you start your property journey.